and welcome to the Banker podcast series, Banking Under Pressure, exploring how the financial services industry is coping with the COVID-19 pandemic. In this series, the Banker's editors are interviewing industry experts from around the world to gather insights and advice on specific challenges, best practices and innovations that can help banks and their customers manage during these tough times. I'm Kimberly Long, Asia Editor of the Banker, and today I'm speaking with Jane Loganova, co-CEO of Radar Payments. Hi, Jane. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Kimberly. Thanks a lot for the opportunity. So to begin with, how are women being excluded from finance in Asia and what are the barriers blocking their access to finance? Sure. Well, firstly, I think let's look at the global picture. Women control more than $260 trillion in wealth, and that's according to World Bank, and are responsible to almost 90% of purchasing decisions globally. And only 65% of women have access to a bank account compared to 72% of men. In Asia, the issue of female inclusion in finance comes mostly from um, its accessibility. Connecting with women directly is a challenge. Less so in urban areas, uh, but definitely more in rural. Um, Let's not forget, though, that there are a lot of female entrepreneurs. 62% of businesses are owned by women and 72% want to borrow, but almost 60% are rejected. So communication with these females mostly comes through their husbands or through their partner or any other, well, male member of their family. And um, for instance, uh, we are part of a BPC group, um, a a large uh, payments company. And uh, one of the projects that BPC has is an India called Safal Fasal. And that's a rural rural marketplace. Most of the applications to that marketplace, um, when they come from the female, uh, they're always accompanied by uh, by a male. So um, that's definitely uh, one of the hurdles. Uh, The other hurdles, is for sure education and um, you know just being able to relate to females that uh, you know financial services are there for them and they are accessible and then the fintechs and the banks also need to work together uh, to make them accessible. And as you touched on there what is being developed really to draw them into the financial space and as you mentioned, is it just all focused on fintech or are we seeing the traditional banks stepping up into this space as well? Well, fintech traditionally has been uh, much smarter with their data. And um, again, like one of the hurdles, um, which is, um, you know, relating to your earlier question as to why females struggle with access to finance is the um, credit, uh, is the credit scoring. Generally, in the more um, SME world, and uh, I would say a lot of the businesses that uh, females operate or run smaller to medium size um, enterprises, credit scoring has kind of always been a problem which is why i think fintechs are there at the forefront of figuring out the right technologies to um, get the right credit scoring getting the right data to get the loans approved also let's not forget that um, although in europe and uh, you know western world uh, you can't do gender 
um, kind of segmented uh, financial services, i.e. when you go and apply for a loan and you fill all the data um, uh, about yourself, there is kind of no preference, um, you know, whether you're male uh, or a female, which is obviously right in terms of um, uh, equality. Uh, but on the other hand, there is also data that shows that women, they are actually, you know, much less likely to default on the loan. And if they do borrow, they borrow also for the benefit of the whole family, and that's different to males. So, um, you know, for instance, in Asia, where there are no kind of legislative restrictions in that regard, if um, the gender factor could also be incorporated in the decisions by the financial institutions or, again, in the data processed by fintechs um, when females apply, that could make a difference. Um, another way, for instance, that we have done um, as a company, again, like uh, bringing Cephal Fasal, so our agriculture marketplace um, in India as an example, is also um, grouping the female at that you know businesses but in that case farmers together in certain cooperatives because then they become larger in terms of revenue um they become more recognizable they also work with each other and uh, they are uh, more um, visible to financial institutions or to lender um, in terms of the loans uh, but again i think effectively education and access are the key issues and took for instance a good example by a big asian player well global play commonwealth bank of australia um, they created a digital uh, bank uh, for emerging markets called time take your money everywhere and um, they're currently live and very successful uh, project actually runs in South Africa as a first instance. And what they have done there is that they um, put ambassadors of the bank to, um, you know, to ultimately go and reach out to women uh, or stand next, next to a kiosk. And uh, basically the point of the time bank is that um, they put self-service kiosks in the large supermarket chain, uh, one of the largest supermarket chains in South Africa. So you can get your card and you can onboard yourself with a bank uh, almost instantly or within minutes um, whilst you are at the supermarket market and uh, all the, da the data show that for instance men they were um, instant almost immediate adopters of the new financial services but women lagged three to six months behind so those ambassadors who were positioned either next to the kiosks or you know actively sort of approaching women um, elsewhere um, as soon as they show, as soon as they kind of educated them or showed how this works, seventy percent of those ambassadors on purpose were females. You know the result is pretty staggering. So right now it's like over fifty percent of the client base of the bank um, are women. So that's again how it shows you how uh, if you just educate and um, you know bring the financial services. Um, get them more accessible to females, then they will be um, very keen adopters. I think one thing you also need to keep in mind, and again, that sort of resonates with the first question about the hurdles, is the actual time that women have. Because a lot of working women or entrepreneurs, 
um, you know, female entrepreneurs, they also have a family or a household uh, to look after. So they don't necessarily have the time to go to the bank. Uh, or if it's like a rural area, the logistics of getting to the banks is also an issue. Some people can't drive. So, um, so again, so sort of the financial services need to be brought to them, which is again by digital banking proposition uh, or more of a fintech enabled uh, financial lending services. They should solve the problem uh, or help solve the problem of female inclusion by, again, by just bringing those services closer to them. And how is finance evolving now to fit the needs of these previously excluded women? Um, What are the products and services they really need in order to have finance that is available easily to them, but also fits into what they need in their lives. Yeah, well, financial inclusion means uh, many things. It's uh, an account where uh, females can hold their income. It's the capability to pay easily for school and um, and supplies. Uh, women are usually the ones who manage household needs and education for their children. So similarly to what I've uh, mentioned previously, again, I just think that the education um, is necessary for the females for them to adopt these um, um, financial uh, or fintech enabled financial instruments the physical and digital experience i think is pretty uh, key so you need um, phone and in-person communication through those um, ambassadors or having those financial services um, available in small agents and shops I think developing gender intelligent technology and enabling new scoring models, which can be designed specifically for women. Um, Again, um, going back to the point that uh, women tend to be better in terms of servicing their loans. Uh, They tend to, they actually should have probably higher credit limit because uh, they tend to borrow to not just service their own needs, but also those of the household. New ways to assess the credit worthiness, um, you know, if people who have historically lacked access to formal cre- uh, credit, use it marketplace purchases, um, scoring of the buyers. Yeah, so we need to think beyond just the finance, but also being able to see the actual life cycle of females, uh, of uh, what they spend on, uh, what they produce, what they generate. And um, that way, the financial instruments uh, will be designed much more intelligently to really fit in into females' um, lives better. Um, but also would be uh, less risky for the financial institution or like a bank per se. Obviously, you know, the more data we have to analyze, the uh, better we can tailor the solution that fits both parties. Thanks for that, Jane. That was really interesting. Thank you. And you can keep up to date by subscribing to our weekly podcast on iTunes, Spotify and Acast and follow our discussions at thebanker.com slash podcasts.